Poirots. Welcome to the uh, 87th edition, I mean, wow. technically way more, of Out of the Podcast. Episode a million and seven. It feels like that. <laughs> it does feel like that. Two tired hosts. We got Dan on one end of the spectrum. And on the other, we got Gentleman Joey here to say we are tired. We're waking up screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it's Monday when we're recording this. They're going to know that from our dulcet tones, but I, you know, we're going to pull it off. I'm going to get Dan to wake up. <laughs> Thank you. You know, this isn't a good look for us, Dan, if we keep putting on these tired episodes. You know, we, we got to fake it. Yeah, that's I need, true. I need your handsome Dan over here. I'm not handsome Dan. Um, I, I'll, I'll try. I'm going to try my best. You're the other guy. Yeah. I'm, what was his uh, name? I always forget his name. Uh, it was uh, it's like Mr. Screaming. Scream. Mr. Scream. Mr. Scream. There we go. I remember yeah. the scream. Yeah. All yeah, right. Mr. Scream. Well, <laughs> I'll say you got to put the sound bite in. Uh, I want you do the sound bite. You're the one, Mr. Scream. I don't think I, I don't think I can get that type of bravado right now. <laughs> you, I don't think I have it in me. He's going. He didn't wake up screaming after all. He, he no. woke up in a whimper. Yeah, I, I think I'll be up for this one though. I, I, at least, at least it's, it's this movie. Uh, how are you? Do you have anything? I mean, clearly you're excited to tell us something, Dan. Um, yeah, I, I, I started a new show. I, I started watching Severance. On oh yeah, Apple that's TV. so funny. I literally just finished it this week. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, Alec was telling me about. It. I was hanging out with him the other day, and he he was raving about it. He's like, "Yeah, check it out." So absolutely, yeah. I would I would uh, volley that rave. I'm through. I'm I'm through three episodes so far. So still still new. I just started it today. Um. So yeah, so far I like it. Um. It definitely is depressing. Um. But <laughs> um. And wild. Absolutely. I'm looking some, forward to it. It's some very clever plot points. Um, yeah. And. I mean, as soon as you get to the finale, please let's talk because okay. ho- holy shit. But uh, yeah, no, was, there's only one part that didn't ring true to me and, and we'll discuss it when you get there. Okay. Very minor, but you know, as a uh, music aficionados as ourselves, maybe mm-hmm. you'll know what it is. Okay. Um, How about you? I was <laughs> going to mention Severance actually. So that happened. I, I watched Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, like the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they've ever remade it. I saw that they tried to remake it a bunch yeah. of times. Um, but other than a couple sequels, that's really it. It's like I something kn- that's like in the public consciousness yet. It's sort of like not there at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I-, I know the sequel better because uh, Mr. Science Theater spoofed it. So that that I know the sequel probably better than the original. Have you seen the original, though? I think I have, but it, it was like a long time ago. Give it a um, view. I think you dig yeah. it. It's a super short one too, which is okay. amazing. I like, like I think it's like an hour ten. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. The also a compliment we'll be giving to today's movie because it was yes. only like an extra ten minutes beyond that. It was lovely in that yeah, regard. Yeah. So that was fun because I was I've been I did a little comic researching and I found Art Adams had done a comic adaptation of it in the nineties and it looks fantastic. So I just ordered a copy of that. There you go. So I was like, let me rewatch the movie. It's been so long. I think it was like high school that I last watched it. Mm-hmm. You know, like where I was like into it, but I wasn't my Victor mature self just yet. <laughs> nice. Um, it was a good time for sure. Cool. Could cool. Easily, easily do a little little podcast on that. There's no film noir though, unfortunately. Couldn't make a case. I feel like we talked about that at one point. About I think it was when we were on the the Starlight Hope. 
podcast where we talked about doing like a, a 50 All right. I was just listening to Madonna today, so I'm in the zone for that. There you go. <laughs> um maybe what, maybe do like a, a sci-fi, like 50 sci-fi films. Like everything oh, yeah, yeah. worlds, you know. I had um, watched um The Day the Earth. Planet. The Day the Earth stood still. Yeah. For that episode. Having a good time with the 50s horror for sure. Some good good stuff. Yeah. Um the blob. Good, good people behind the blob is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I love the blob. Ton, ton of that good stuff and especially you know we're getting close to spooky season you know i'm sure the lads yeah. are cooking up something for that film noir wise dare we so in the zone for that uh what's quiz show remember quiz show you ever see quiz show the movie, <laughs> yeah, the movie. yes i i do remember that with uh john Turturro, right isn't that yeah and, and yeah. Speak, speaking of severance yeah. uh he actually kept showing up and stuff oh god he was in one other thing i saw this week too i can't remember but yeah oh is always great and ray fines and uh rob morrow from northern exposure one oh. of his few movies directed by robert redford mm-hmm. i was talking with brooke about weirdly you know i come from small town connecticut two thousand people but We've shown up in some movies a couple of times, not even as location, because they always get that wrong, but like as mentioned. So like Ray Fiennes' character, it's a true story about um, NBC had this quiz show called 21. Mm-hmm. And it was a big scandal because, you know, they were giving out the answers ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that was shocking. So it, it's a very interesting true story. But the guy, the uh, Ray Fiennes' character is from my hometown and like retreated there after all this went down. Oh, So I was like, oh, that's a thing. Claim to fame. Yeah, I mean, they, they get it all wrong. Like, for one, they claim you can get, like, a taxi to take you somewhere in Cornwall, which is, like, not couldn't true. even get a ride from my parents, let alone a taxi. <laughs> Come on now. And then um, another movie, we didn't watch it, but uh, you know that movie Outside Providence? No. It's like long. this 90s movie with, uh, it was, like, one of the Ferrelli brothers' is, like life experience. Alleged murderer Alec Baldwin is in it. <laughs> <laughs> I did say alleged, right? Yes. Uh, thank, thank you to our, our intern for holding up the allegedly sign that we have at the yes. ready for all the accusations we make. But he's in it. And then, um, oh, man, there's like this one dude who's who's like the star who was like briefly in stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can't think of who it is. Yeah. Also, like, who's that? Uh, the one actress from fucking Road Trip. Which Amy, one? The one who's in Crank. Amy Smart? Does that sound right? Yes, she's in it. I believe she's in this. Yeah, movie she as is. Well, yeah, she is. Yeah. And then it's like Sean, right? Is it Sean? I don't know how to say his name. I'm gonna say Hattasi. Hattasi, I believe. Hattasi, something like that. Yeah, that kid. Yeah, he was in stuff for like a minute. He's like the star. But anyways, that movie takes place in my hometown. Weirdly, oh, interesting. Jonathan Brandis is in it too. Yeah, from Sidekicks, <laughs> one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Yo, I saw Sidekicks recently because it's been on TV a lot. Yeah. It is a little painful, but as a I, kid, I still love it. As a kid, it was fun, but oof. <laughs> <laughs> I have it on VHS still. So where it belongs. Please yes. no one do a Blu-ray of fucking sidekicks. I banned that movie from the <laughs> format. <laughs> That's all I got, and I apologize to everyone. I know we're still getting warmed up, but hey, look at the description. We tell you where to skip if you want to. Yeah. Fuck off, right? Yeah. I thought today could be the day, Dan. It's okay. I was I was hoping you dealt with so much nonsense in your life today that you're ready to be like, yeah, fuck off. No, I think I'm just excited about this movie. 
I've, I've been wait, I've been waiting for this one since I think we started the podcast. I this was, I believe, on the list of, of suggested movies for a long time. Yeah. Will both lads be in an agreement of excitement? Let's find out. We're beginning. The, here's your time stamp, everybody. Welcome to the show. We got taglines, of course. So let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's crack me up. Three of the most exciting people you ever had in a picture. Which ones? Right? <laughs> Uh, a new twist and new thrills await you dan it even says dan in here which is crazy oh with a load of tnt for a chaser hell yeah that's pretty good i like that there's no real tnt in the movie spoiler alert but i'll take it well it's a metaphor dan have you heard of these i have yeah they're just trying they just invented them yeah they're gonna catch on hey put that hunk of a man victor mature that classy chassis, 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 Ch- chassis, is that a term? That's, that's chassis, like, like, a, like the chassis of a truck. Well, that would make sense, that classy chassis. Yes. Wait, the chassis of a truck, what is that? It's an alliteration. No, the no, chassis. no, I, yeah. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> what is the chassis of a truck? It's like the, the actual, like, meat of it. It's the base frame of a motor vehicle or other weird uh, wheeled conveyance. So yeah, it's like basically so they're like saying her fucking the base, guts, her ba- like the frame. Yeah, her, her fucking guts and her fucking base frame. Ooh, baby. Yeah. Uh, Betty Grable. <laughs> that irresistible vision, Carol Landis together. I'm guessing this is the three they were alluding to before Dan. That was my guess. And do they make the screen sizzle? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, that you know that was a little clunky, but there was some addition, so I understand if you're there was some little, truth. that's true uh that hunk of a man once again that hunk of a man victor mature with betty to the right of him and carol to the left of him and the whole screen sizzling i like that one that's why we're going out on top baby episode 87 ah i wake up screaming (laughs) released november 14 1941 oh what a time to be alive dan War is about to begin. We're waking up screaming. Blu-ray, not invented yet, so we're holding up just dreams, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, this comes from 20th Century Fox, so Disney's I Wake Up Screaming. <laughs> Direct- <laughs> directed by H. Bruce Humberstone. <laughs> Great name. Screenplay yes. by Dwight Taylor and Steve Fisher, based on the 1941 novel I Wake Up Screaming perfect title how do you change that we'll get into it hey mm-hmm. hey that's by steve fisher too this guy's double dipping a little bit it's, he wants his uh book and film it too yeah hey dan extra extra vicky lynn is dead and the lads we hope you love flashbacks because this thing is chock full of them mm-hmm. right away the cops are questioning frankie christopher one of the all-time greatest names ever to be put upon the show this is Victor Mature, of course. Yes. But I'm calling him Frankie Christopher. It's a fucking wonderful name. Uh, also, they, our first appearance of Victor on the show. I was like trying to think, yeah. is that true? And I couldn't conjure anything. That It's shocking, but... It, it is, because I, I am a big fan. I do like him a lot. So I'm surprised it's taken us this long. But we're here. Glad, Yeah, I say glad, glad we're here. We got him in the first Hondo, you know? What can you do? Yeah. So they're questioning him about this whole murder. And he's like, uh, why don't we go ahead and flash us back now? 
We go to a, a little restaurant hole in the wall where the beautiful Vicky Lynn was working right before she was discovered. Hashlinger, that's right. Hashlinger from Boston, home of the bean, right? Yeah. She's working there right before she's discovered by Mr. Christopher. And he himself, he's a promoter of sports and girls, mostly girls. He and his friends, Robin and Larry, who are like a one is a, used to be an actor. The other one is like a gossip columnist. Mm-hmm. They notice this beautiful woman and they get to talking and Frankie Christopher takes on a dare for all of them to turn Vicky into a star. They're going to mm-hmm. get together and really be like, hey, let's get her out of this hash slinger and get her on the stage. High society. High society, baby. Let's do this. So they're like, yeah, she's got the goods. And he takes her on. He takes her around town to promote her. What was that movie we saw that was quite like that, Dan, pretty recently? What, where he like makes Was it the gangster? Sort of. Well, she she was already kind of a singer and she was kind of already doing her thing. I just remember Barry Sullivan taking someone around promoting them, right? I mean, there's suspense too. Was he kind of doing, he was doing, mm. I, I just like remember like, yeah. there's some movie we saw where like, it's just like a guy like taking like this girl around to these like clubs and stuff. And he's like, then kept leaving. Remember he's like, you know, like everyone's like, who, who's that? And he's like, we got to go. Don't say any word. Oh, it was, wasn't it like Jane Mansfield? Oh, that's the girl can't help it. Not even in one of the movies. Yeah, did. that's yeah. all. I, when you started saying that, I was like, yeah, no, I know that, but that's not what we covered. <laughs> we should have. But and yeah. yes, I, I was like, oh my God, we saw a movie just like this recently with that. But okay. Yep. There we go. So yeah, he's making a scene with her in, in these fancy nightclubs. Everyone's getting real psyched on this beauty. It's working. She's getting noticed. The job offers are coming in. And so they head back to the apartment that she shares with their sister, Betty Grable, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Jill. And we also meet the hotel switchboard operator, which is a whole separate job, apparently. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, Mr. Elijah Cook Jr., very tame, very different from what we're used to seeing him as, you know? Mm-hmm. Not angry, not weaselly, just like a quiet guy. But I'm sure he's not going to play much into this movie. Just a fun little cameo. Yeah. I mean, he's a desk clerk. I mean, he has, it's like, it seems like he has like a multifaceted job. He does right. a little bit of everything out throughout the movie. Yeah, as, as you must to, yeah. back in these days. This is post-depression after all. We're about to go to war, Dan. Yep. So now it's Jill's turn to talk to the fuzz and, and to take on the flashback baton. Uh, we see them talking that night in the apartment that they share, the sisters. And we can already see that Jill's not fully on board with anything that's going on. She thinks her sister's dreaming way too big. You know, like, mm-hmm. hey, why can't you get a glamorous job like me? A stenographer. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you know, this all this is clearly too easy. You know, you got to work hard. Uh, yeah. The next morning, over the rainbow, of course, Frankie Christopher comes by and he meets with Jill. And Jill gives him the business about this whole modeling thing. They really don't like each other. I don't think these two are going to go anywhere. No. Eventually, we find out that Vicky is going to be splitting from Frankie Christopher's operation. She's going off on her own, headed to Hollywood for a screen test without him. And he is pretty pissed about that. Can we talk briefly? I mean, I know you you mentioned it a little bit, but I kind of love the Somewhere Over the Rainbow thing. Is that weird that in this movie, it's kind of weird, but I like it? When they have the, the Somewhere Over the Rainbow. It is weird that played. you like that. Uh, there's multiple yeah. themes for like different characters. It's yeah. it's yeah. pretty distracting, honestly. Okay. <laughs> um, Teach his own, I guess. I, 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 I like it. I'm not a big fan of themes in general. Like, you know, like, uh-huh. you know, I like songs, <laughs> but <laughs> it gets a bit repetitive sometimes. Mm-hmm. And of course, something of, you know, 
that song it's just too noticeable it's, it's interesting because it's it's two years post that i guess when they're making it one year basically after right. wizard of Oz, and they're putting in this film noir you know they're putting in this like you know kind of crime drama but it's, it's crime but it's also like I, I i will say the one thing i i really do like about this movie is there are some really good funny dialogue in oh, absolutely. That, you don't, that you don't normally see in a lot of film noir and i appreciate it for that it is very unique in that sense i mean you know also for one this is the first film noir that was produced from 20th century fox but mm -hmm. you know this is 1941 41. this is very early in the genre like it yeah barely was a noticeable thing like these movies were just coming out they don't know right. how to market this what they're doing so like you're saying it really is just like a a crime movie at the time but yeah obviously we see all the tropes here it, it's a film noir so Frankie Christopher, he storms out of the apartment. He's super pissed, feels completely betrayed, and also bummed out are Robin and Larry, his, his friends, his partners in crime in this whole operation. So they're all distraught, and they, all, they go out drinking. Robin and Larry say that they really fell for Vicky, which is why they're all bummed out. Mm -hmm. But Frankie Christopher, he's mostly just angry that his time was wasted, you know? Yeah. It, it, it was it was all a business venture for him. Exactly. I mean, he, he didn't really see it past that. And they and speaking of comedy, they have that nice comedy scene where they pull up they each pull up the key, thinking that they had this special, like, you know, it, you know, uh secret thing into her life. And then the last one is Robin. It says, like, yes, yeah, it must the other guy must have been a locksmith. <laughs> and uh it's yeah, it's it's great. I, I love that sequence. Also, Jill, she reveals that one night at the restaurant, there was this very creepy man that had come by that was eyeballing up Vicky from the outside. He, he's, he's a guy who, you know, has seemed to be showing up quite a bit, yeah. but was very always towering. quiet. Yeah. yeah. Never said anything, just silently showing up. And she's like, I, I bet that's who did it. Not Frankie Christopher, who the cops are like, no, no, no. It's probably Frankie Christopher. This guy looks perfect for it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, hey, babe, did you and Frankie have something going on? But she's like, hey, hey, whoa, whoa. I don't like this guy whatsoever. I don't like this disrespect. Let me see your manager. And who should come in, Dan? But that creepy man we were just talking about. It's like, Inspector uh -oh. Ed Cornell, Laird Krieger, who is the fucking star of this movie as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Like, that guy is fantastic. Yeah, he is great. He's um, very, and, very effective. Yeah, and, he, and he's very, like... I don't know if menacing is the right word, but like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I, I think, yeah. And in, in, in a way I think it is, I think it's just like it, he had, he's like really working all these different angles throughout it. And it makes it really weird. And he's uh, very throughout. confident. Yeah. And you're yeah. just like, I'm being terrified by what is supposedly the good guy. You right. Know? And you're like, maybe it wasn't that guy, even though of course we saw a flashback on film. It was that guy, right. but you know, it's like, hey, he's been around exactly yeah. and they're even like yeah he's like no it wasn't me he's he had an alibi they're like he was with this other cop who's right there saying like yeah we were together yeah so they it were could, it could be him yeah. yeah so cornell though he's like i always get my man he's very determined and he's like frankie looks good for this thing and in fact like when they call him into he's like interrupted from interrogating frankie you yeah. know when they're when they're talking to jill it's very casual couple cops but you know, Frankie's like in a chair. There's a light on him. Like the lights. Yeah, it, it's it's nastier for sure. It also makes me think of even though it's it's three years later, but Murder My Sweet. It's the same thing where it's like he's under the lights in the dark room. They're t interrogating him. It, it 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 has that same kind of feel to it, which is interesting. That was like the thing that I always think about. I think I make that connection with those two movies. Uh, we also find out that Jill was the one who found the body of her sister. Uh, she came home one night, this music blaring, and 
Frankie Christopher was already there. He's like, I just got there. I didn't, I didn't kill Vicky. And there's a very nice moment where Betty Grable is just like going slowly to turn off the music. And like, you can feel the silence once it's gone. That's a, a, a wonderful moment. Mm-hmm. And she's quietly morose. She doesn't really say anything. So yeah, that, that was soundtracking the murder. That's gone. And now the, the cops come and, and here we are back to the present. Cornell, he re- goes back to grill Frankie Christopher. He very strongly believes that he murdered Vicky, but they decide to cut him and Jill loose. They're like, we don't believe that they're alibis, but, you know, let's let's see what they turn up. You know, maybe, you know, they'll make a mess of everything and we could figure this out. Right. And they're called to the assistant district attorney's office who lets them know that they actually think that this Harry Williams or Elijah Cook Jr. He's probably the killer because where is he? He went missing after this murder. Yeah. And that suspicion instantly makes it to the papers. The papers are on top of this thing. Yeah. But I mean, you know, hey, it's a very interesting, sexy murder. You got to look into these things. So we now see Frankie Christopher taking a snooze and before <laughs> before he wakes up. And then Cornell is just quietly sitting there already in the shadows there on his own accord without a warrant just to twist the knife at Frankie Christopher just a little bit more. It's so great. Yeah, it's a little um, bit creepy. <laughs> just a tad. And he tells him all the evidence that he's gathered and you know that it, it's all helping to point at frankie and he's like good because i really i really want you to go down I, I fucking hate you and frankie's like obviously williams did it duh like it's in the papers and cornell is just like i'm not on board with that theory it's you buddy you're, you're going down for this one and then harry williams does show up though back at work of all places <laughs> turns out he was released by the cops because he was visiting his parents this whole time apparently yeah in brooklyn and he runs into jill who's moving out and you know, she doesn't want to be reminded of her dead sister. So she, it's time to go. And Harry's like, oh, hey, I packed up your bags. That's not yeah. weird or creepy at all. Yeah. <laughs> then Frankie calls in. But Jill's like, I don't want to talk to that guy. Tell him I'm not here. And I split and there's no forwarding address, even though there's so many delays. If you're on the other end of that call, it's clearly like she's saying. Yeah, he's talking talk to, to me, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a little strange. Then there's a scene after this where everyone is watching some Vicky Lynn footage. Mm-hmm. that was fun and then uh um, a little a little like blowout a little bit, blowout a little bit yeah it's good scream dan yeah <laughs> also fun after that is frankie christopher is giving cornell a ride and cornell's just so smugly saying like oh i'm going broke from gathering all this evidence against you yeah. like just gives such a smooth cocky dialogue to him it's a great scene mm-hmm. i'm sorry to have to ask you to do this but i'm a little short on cash lately you see, I've spent so much of my own dough trying to build up this case against you. Well, if there's anything you need, just let me know. Well, I imagine they'll make it right with me when I bring in the material for your trial. They usually do in these cases. I nick a guy on my own time and send him up to the chair. Then I get back pay. Must be a great life. Like a garbage man, only with people. I got practically all the evidence I need now. I could arrest you today for that matter, but you might get some smart mouthpiece and get off with life instead of the chair. I won't be satisfied until I'm sure it's the chair. You're a gay dog, Cornell. You make me feel as if I'm driving a hearse. Well, I know you're a type. I've seen hundreds of them. I don't scare you enough to make you commit suicide, but I worry you just the same. And when the day comes, they all act different. Some scream, a few faint. Some light a cigarette and try a wisecrack, but it sticks in their throats, especially when they're hung. 
After this, Cornell, he gets dropped off, goes to Jill's new place. He already knows where she lives. And he's like, you are obviously in love with Frankie Christopher. You're withholding evidence. And Jill's like, how dare you, sir? Get out of here, sir. Go. And then she goes and runs and shows us the evidence that she was withholding. Um, behind the painting that they're <laughs> talking the, about. Behind this painting. And it's a pretty damning letter, an angry letter from Frankie Christopher that was written just after he had found out about this screen test that uh, mm-hmm. Jill had, or uh, that Vicky had took. So Jill was like, oh, I want to find out for sure if Frankie had done this. So she calls him up. They arrange to meet for the night and they go to a boxing match. Very mm-hmm. sexy. Yeah. He's a sports promoter after all. I'm sure he's got great tickets. And then they go for a stroll, of course, with Cornell following naturally. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they go out to eat and Jill's like, hey, do you love my sister? (laughs) He's like, (laughs) fuck no. Why would I have exploited her for financial gain if I did? You don't do that to someone you love. Duh. And Jill's like, you know what? I like that. You got the goods. Starting to like this guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like the cutting a chip. I'm all in. And so, yeah, these two are cozying up together rather nicely. But the gossip columnist is there. He sees this. He gets pissed and he goes to make a call, gets out a little gossip as revenge. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe one of the funniest scenes of the movie after this, the two of them go out for a swim. And uh, I was waiting for us to talk about this amazing scene. And this is the one thing I always remember. I've watched this a bunch of times. Um, and it's it, just such it's such it just always sticks in my mind. I always, oh, yeah. I'm always I mean, waiting this for this is, scene. You know, we should be talking about cool film noir stuff, but this is just top of the line comedy. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, have a nice moment. They're at a, a pool or a swimming hole, as they call it. It's and a place then, he went as a kid. So right, like, he, right. Like, for like, a quarter. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, I saved up for a quarter just to go for a swim. And she's like, let's do it. So they go there. And she's like, oh, you ever bring other girls here a lot? He's like, I never brought a girl here in my life. And then instantly a woman pops up. He's like, hey, Frankie. Yeah. And he has this like real suspicious look. Yeah. It's so perfect. It's so good. It's just, yeah. There's like sitting on a fountain. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's so good. So after this, they go back to Jill's new place and she shows him the letter. She says, I don't, I believe you didn't do this. And they kiss. And then of course they're interrupted by Cornell and an officer. They grab the letter which, of course, now dooms Frankie, along with there's some brass knuckles that turned up, apparently, which mm-hmm. they say, you know, Vicky Lynn had like a some blunt force trauma to the head and mm-hmm. would have made sense with some brass knuckles after all. So they, Cornell goes to tank away Frankie in cuffs, but then Jill comes up from behind and knocks Cornell out temporarily just to be like, hey, Frankie, get the hell out of here. I'll meet up with you, you know, yeah. and then like Cornell wakes up. He's like, oh, he went that way. He's trying to escape. That was the other cop. So it was the other cop. It wasn't Cornell yet. It was the other oh, cop. Yeah, she's yeah. like, yeah, she's like, oh, he went, he went that way uh, <laughs> while Cornell was knocked out. And then he goes out, out the, the other door. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great little scene. They're officially in love at this point. They're going to run away together the next morning. And there's, there's a great scene, too, where like they're together and she's like sawing away at his handcuff. And, in and, a hardware store, yeah. Yeah, and just having a nice moment. They're going to run away. Frankie's going to grab some money. He's got squirreled away in a safety deposit box. And oh, by the way, his last name is Botticelli. Not so bad, right? Yeah. Frankie Botticelli, Frankie Christopher. These are good names. He knows what he's doing. She's starting to like the name because he he pitches a marriage proposal to her. So she she likes the. Yeah, Jill Christopher is not as good as Frankie Christopher. Yeah. He'd have to be like Jill Jill Botticelli Botticelli is. is, Chef's kiss right there. That'll be very nice. Put a ring on that. So in the meantime, they're going to go ahead and hide out in this all night movie theater, which Dan, I, I still, I wish they still existed. We, we deserve these. Mm. I would love to just go four in the morning at some movie theater. I think we should, we should be clear. This is an adult film theater. So 
yeah um it's definitely which i find very interesting for the time period like it, it my assumption that's based on what you're hearing is that it's like a silent um you know adult movie yeah the loops they, I, that was like pretty common at the time yeah it was it was all silent and right yeah. um and it was probably not super salacious but i mean i don't know dan all those guys had passed out from jacking off so much so <laughs> But think about it, I mean, it's 1941, man. I mean, it's 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 you know, it's after the code, you know. Oh, there's another scene too where it's a very master mas <laughs> masturbatory movie. <laughs> there's a lot of jack in it, is what I'm trying to say. Um, so, anyways, and there's like a cop that comes through and they're like, "Oh God!" But really, he ends up like, "Hey, lady, put your feet down." Like, put your shoes on. Yeah, yeah. This is a classy joint we were on here. Yeah. So the next morning, they decide to split up. Frankie goes to get the money, and Jill heads to a library. Because who goes to the library in the morning? I'll tell <laughs> you. Really, that's what he says. I'll tell you who. Cornell. Yep. Um, she's instantly busted and shushed. Meanwhile, Frankie, he sees in the paper that Jill has been arrested. So he goes to confront Cornell, and he, he puts a gun to his back, quote unquote, trying to get him to free Jill. But Cornell's like, no, no, this is all fine. I, you're going to go down for this one, buddy. So Frankie's like, oh, all right, well, good luck. He catches a train that's about to board. And then he's like, hey, here's a Tootsie Roll. And that's what he was holding him up with. That was <laughs> so <great>. good. It's <laughs> so um, good. So then Cornell asked the police chief to free Jill in the hope that uh, she will lead him to Frankie. Well, is it, is it the DA again? I, I thought it was the DA. Am I wrong? Might, maybe uh, I am. Either way, it's, it's not yeah. important, honestly. Uh, yeah. She goes back to Vicky's place, I think, to grab some stuff either her new place or Vicky's place, but mm -hmm. she finds some receipts and there's some receipts for like a, some flower deliveries. Yeah. And then after that, she like, you know, she's going to go escape off the, um, the fire escape, but she sees the cops are there. So there's a, a nice little rooftop escape to elude the fuzz. Yeah. She puts the board across the, the two, you know, bridging the gap and, and, and walking over it, which is, I mean, it, it sounds exciting, but it is, it's a little slow, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a cool concept and yeah. it's shot very well. After that, Jill finds Frankie back at the adult movie theater where they agreed to meet and she shows Frankie the receipt and they have themselves a little flower investigation, which leads to old gossipy Larry, who reveals that he had took Vicky up to her apartment right before she was killed and that um, Harry was not on duty at the switchboard when he had left. So that's mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, and he Frank promised her that he would send her flowers every day when she went to California. Yes. And now he's been sending flowers every day to her grave. Yes. So, you know, at least he came through with that because promise is a promise. Like we said, they though the other two seem to like her. It's really just old Frankie Christopher that you got to worry about. Yeah. So he Frankie goes, he grabs this one cop McDonald who has been following them. And he's like, hey, you got me. Just trust me for a half hour. Here's a gun. I think I got something for you. So come with me. So they go to confront old Harry and. They have Jill pretend to be Vicky over the phone to freak him out. And then there's yeah. some nice shots of Victor Mature in the shadows. One of the greatest shots, I think, of all film noir, in my opinion. Like, I, the, with the, the elevator wow. and everything, like, I, like high esteem. Like, I absolutely, like, every time I see that, I'm just like, wow, I love, I just love it. I think we know what the shot of the this week's episode is going to be. It's a good, it's a very good guess, <laughs> yes. Uh, which, all this makes Harry freak out. He also was like, wow, that was a great shot. Here, Here's what's up. Uh, I was in love with Vicky, but also, you know, Cornell found me. I told him I did it, but then he let me go and told me not to say anything. So, yeah, Cornell knew the whole time that Frankie was innocent. That's pretty interesting. 
just trying to put a pin it on him, put him away. It all is coming together. So Harry gets busted. Frankie goes to Cornell's place, and we see it's creepily covered with pictures of Vicky. There's a shrine of her on his mantle. Like, yeah, just, you want to talk like he, Jack in it, Dan? Obviously. I mean, so but the and the way he describes it was he got this apartment for them. So he wasn't actually technically living in the apartment. So this was this was like an apartment away from his actual home. Right. Like, what, what, so like this was like this is going to be our place. But right now it's my shrine to her and even got her like her perfume that she loves. So it fills the room. So like, she'd be so excited yeah. to move there. So basically he gets into it. Cornell was not mad at Harry for killing Vicky because he blamed Vicky or Frankie for uh, her demise. And yeah. Cornell reveals that he'd been stalking Vicky for a very long time. And one night he saved her in the streets from an assault. And after that, you know, they struck up a friendship and then went on a few dates. And he's like, I, I wanted to marry her. This is where he, you know, was going to surprise her with this apartment and everything. Mm-hmm. And then here comes Frankie, whisked her away with dreams of Hollywood. So that's all away. Yeah. So you know what? Let me go ahead and take a sip of delicious poison. And there goes Cornell out on his own terms, huh? Yeah. And after this, we're free. All is well. Jill and Frankie go out on the town. They go dancing to the nightclub. You know, you see their friends there. His friends are there. And they're like, oh, yeah, just we don't want anything to do with this. They say, oh, I I don't know them. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. The end. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect way to end it. So. (laughs) I'm very curious. I had to watch this movie three times and Uh I was pretty brutal it, it really just had i had a hard time connecting with it it really, it, it really okay. just did not grab me overall there i think the script is great i mean there's a lot of funny mm-hmm. moments but it's just it just lacks a little something for me i think it's, it's a very good movie but mm-hmm. i don't think it's anything beyond that unfortunately i think all the performances mm-hmm. are great in particular Laird Krieger as Ed Cornell, but Victor mm-hmm. Mature is great. Yeah. Betty Grable is, is great to see in a film noir. This is the only time you're going to get that. Yeah. But I, I just, it, it could have been a little better. But at the same time, you know, it's early in film noir is something to right. remember. So, I mean, it, it in that lens, it's definitely got something. But, you know, I just, I don't think I would really crave watching this movie too often. I don't think I'd change the channel if it was on because, you know, there are some, some good laughs and some clever lines. But, yeah, overall, I'd give it probably 6.5 out of 10 Tootsie Roll guns. Okay. <laughs> I I mean, as I kind of had peppered throughout, like, I, I love this movie. Like, I I get what you're saying for sure, but I just, there's something about this movie that I, from the first time watching it, and I, it's a very, for me, almost like the opposite. Like, this is a very watchable movie to me because I think of those very reasons, like the dialogue, like you said, um, just it kind of has such a nice mix of, of humor and the darkness that and it, I feel like to me it works very well because a lot of times I mean that that kind of juxtaposition could make a mess of a movie I, I think and I think it's it's done very well I, I feel like it, it like the flow is very well between like everything everything here is, yeah. is is so well done absolutely but it's just like it's missing a little bit of action and, I, and I'm sure some of that is just because of like the code at the time you can only do so much but you know I'd be curious to see you know what the book has like if, if there's anything that was sort of left out I, I don't know it's just it's a little bland in many ways you know mm. like it's it's just you're lacking some suspense or some something mm. you know like you're really just trying to be like all right what's going on these guys i clearly are guilty you know like clearly something's up with this cornell guy but 
again, it, it's how it's executed that I think is the highlight. Mm. I mean, they're trying to, you know, kind of misdirect you a little bit and try to have you keep you guessing that type of thing, which is, it, but it's which such is an good. obvious yeah. misdirect too, though, you know, like I, not necessarily how it ends up, but it's clear you're being misdirected, you know, like that. Yeah. Clearly something's up. And, you know, of course, some of the fun of the journey is finding out why, but, you know, again, it's a very good movie. I just, yeah, I, I'm not up in arms about it, but that's, okay. that's all right. Who knows? Okay. Maybe I'll change my tune at a later time. I'll be like, hey, what's that one? Oh, yeah, that's a good time. But well, I'm glad we, I'm glad we covered it because, yeah. yeah, like I said, I, I've been this is just like one that I, I just really enjoy. I really enjoyed this one. I think we'll have some some better Victor Mature to come for sure. That'll, yeah, I think there will be. That'll pay some but definitely again, good ones. Everything I'm saying, it's 1941. So at, at that it, for 1941, you know, it's like an eight, I would say. But, you know, mm. for all of film noir, 6.5. But okay, six point five is good. It's better than average, right? Can I get you to a six point eight? <laughs> Absolutely not. You, now you got me to a six point three. No. <laughs> How about can I interest you? Can I interest you in a in a seven point zero? <laughs> uh no. But you can interest me in some fun facts, Dan. Okay. Obviously, we've got some working titles for this bad boy. I, I, first sure off, do. it was based off of the the novel "I Wake Up Screaming," which is such a good title. I mean, the title. Yes. We, we can, there's no debate there. Great title. Yes. But of course, 20th Century Fox are like, ah, I don't know about that title. So they were going to call it the hot spot, which referred to, you know, getting grilled, interrogated by cops. But then they're like, oh, maybe it'll mean like the restaurant they think it's, a, or a nightclub is a hot spot. So, but they were, they prepped it as hot spot. I mean, they had like a title card for it and everything. And they, they showed, they had a test run of the movie, but it did, did not seem to do as well. People were like, oh, they don't like it. So old Daryl Zanuck is like, hey, let's try I Wake Up Screaming as the title instead. And for whatever reason, that, that seemed to take. Uh, also, a, a title considered was It Can't Happen to Me, which is fine, I guess. Yeah. No, real, real quick, I, I want to mention when I, when I saw that Hotspot was the, the alternate title, it makes me think of it's a very specific uh, Jersey Shore reference. Uh, not the show, but the actual Jersey Shore um, there is a, a very long time famous pizza place called the hot spot in Wildwood that I, I used to go to when I was a kid. I think it's still there. I haven't been there in, in ages, but that's what that made me think of. So I'll, I'll think about that instead. Delicious. Yeah. So I'll think about pizza. Uh, we almost had uh, Jean Renoir originally to direct this Renoir doing noir. That would have been interesting. Yeah. It would have been his first film in the United States. And then George Raft was under consideration for Frankie Christopher. Well, well, he did. Oh. He did. Um, what's it called? Uh, Woman on the Beach, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, we've got him. I'm just saying that would. Yeah. Could have been good for this. Yeah. 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 I think it would have been fine. I mean, I, I, you know, honestly, like, I, there's some really fantastic shots in this movie throughout it. I mean, whether it's him or the cinematographer, a mix. But there's some I'm really guessing cool, the cinematographer cool because this director. I mean, he didn't make any more film noir, and what he did make is just pretty. You know, whatever. I think the the cinematographer of this he did a bunch of well known movies. I feel like even ones that we've done. Hold on, what else did he do? He did Desert Fury. Okay, he's done a, like a mix of like a mix of genres. He did Ca- Canyon Passage, which is uh, Jacques Tenor, uh, which is like a it's a western that I've always wanted to see. I've never seen, but it's got a lot of uh, film noir greats in it. So that I always wanted to see that. Uh, he did Heaven Can Wait with Gene Tierney. Um, so yeah, kind of all across the the board. But yeah, I I, I love it. I love the cinematography of this movie. 
definitely one of the highlights. Uh, the, the, so the songs that were everybody's theme. So street scene was the theme for Frankie Christopher mm-hmm. over the rainbow for Jill. And then Cornell theme for Cornell, obviously. Yeah, it was own theme. very interesting that the three of them each had their, their own themes. Cornell, the, the name was a tribute to Cornell Woolrich, who was a film or a noir writer. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing also about the novel itself was the inspiration for the novel Laura. Mm-hmm. The writer so liked this work that they're like, hey, not too bad. Let me try that out. Um, that makes sense. In preparation for this, Laird Krieger went on a ride along. It's good to know those were still happening at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during it, there was a, a shoot. <laughs> he got caught up in a real life shooting. And he also worked right after getting an emergency appendectomy, which is pretty brave. But this guy will get it. I mean, we could say an hour in fun facts. But Laird Krieger, like at one point, he wanted to be a leading man because he succeeded in this kind of role. And they're like, well, hey, lose some weight. So mm-hmm. he did taking crazy drugs and, and such and lost weight fast starred in a movie and died before it premiered yeah which is very tragic because that that was something else speaking of tragedy carol landis of course i mean first off right before shooting a bottle of silver nitrate spilled onto her lips by her dentist and as a result her lips were blue for more than three weeks so that was a, a challenge for the makeup crew and then of course I mean, her ending is very sad. She was having an affair with a married man, an actor. I forgot who it was, Dan. I don't know if you know. Uh, I think it was Rex Harrison, right? Rex Harrison, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that ended badly, and she killed herself. Yeah. Which is very tragic. Mm-hmm. The The movie, if Daryl Zanuck had his way, was going to end with a Betty Grable song, <laughs> <laughs> which would have been interesting. Uh, a song called Daddy, but it was cut from the film. So that way, you know, people would just see Grable doing a dramatic role of film noir, no distractions. So they changed her from a singer to a stenographer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a wise choice in the context of the movie. I think it just would have been too, too much. I think if they did that. Absolutely. But apparently footage of her singing daddy still exists somewhere. Hmm. So something to look out for. So yeah, the, the movie was released as Hotspot in the UK. So the British prints have the title sequence as, as Hotspot. So mm-hmm. that's still around. And then the, the movie was actually remade, Dan, with the same screenwriter, Dwight Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, in 1953 as Vicky with an I. Yep. And with, with Gene Peters, our old friend Gene Peters. Yeah. I, mean, I, I wonder how that is. I mean, it, it counts within our, our time. So maybe we'll, we'll get to it. And also Aaron Spelling is, is an actor in that movie. Wow. That's shot. So there you go. More reason to catch. Yeah. They say that if, if, <laughs> if, if all the other things didn't want to make you watch it, maybe that will. Yeah. Uh, other than that, there's a lot of Chesterfield ads. So look mm-hmm. out for that. And uh, the movie did pretty well for Fox. It did. Yeah. I, I'd assume it was pretty low budget. So it's not too hard to pull off. Yeah. I think the budget was like 462,000, something like that. Let me see. Yeah, f- uh, four sixty two five hundred, and the box office was one million four ninety one five hundred. So I mean, yeah, p- pretty darn good. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good in return on investment on that one. I mean, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Dan, any final thoughts on waking up screaming? The concept. Uh, <laughs> um. Sounds terrifying, yeah. right? It do- no, it does. I, I mean, I think that's probably why I sought this movie out when i got it uh, it's a hell of I, a title i yeah i knowing I, I saw the cast i saw the title i'm like and i read about it i was like i mean it definitely looks up my alley i definitely want to watch it 
And yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I, I know, you know, it, there are moments that maybe, you know, it's lacking, but I just find it really enjoyable. I, I like this to me is a movie like I don't personally mind throwing on at any time. Like I, I could throw this on because it has that kind of like mixture. It's got everything. It's got a little bit of the comedy. You've got the flashback. You've got the misdirection. You've got, you know, Victor it doesn't Mature. have everything. It doesn't have action. I mean, no. there's a little bit of action. It's not, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of. If by action you beat Jack in it, then absolutely. But other than that. Well, they don't show that on the screen. Really did. 1941, they didn't show masturbation. That is so shocking to me. Come on. No, they did not. But yeah, I, I like it. I, I like this movie. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we got around to it. Uh, I've been looking forward to this one. Well, we were going from ma- masturbating to French kissing because we're off to France next week, Dan. And I think we're going to get there via elevator to the gallows. Yeah. 1958. Looking forward to this one. It's been a long time since I've seen this. And um, also good to get out of America a little bit. And the UK, I guess we go to. But, you know, just elsewhere. Crossing the planet. We're we're, we're flying around. This is going to be a good detour. I, I, I like it. Absolutely. I agree. And hopefully everyone else will, too. But, uh... If you guys have something to say, just tell us what you think about this movie. What side you agree with on the lads divide? Although, you know, I don't know if it's much of a divide. I do like this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be curious to hear because I feel like this one doesn't get talked about a lot. I mean, I know you could probably say that about a lot of them, but I feel like I never really hear a lot about this particular movie. And, and it's, it's, I mean, like I said, the title alone is very just like, wow, like, okay. Like, yeah. And so you feel a, like people are going to talk about it, you know? We didn't get into it, but this is a Kino release and it's a fantastic print. You know? Yes, it looks great. No, oh, see, I didn't even look. I didn't watch any of these, but they have the daddy deleted scene on here. And then they yes. also have the alternate hotspot title sequence. So all this stuff exists. It's all here on the Kino. You also oh, get uh, Eddie Muller. I missed that, I missed commentary. that too. Right. I just saw the commentary from yeah. Eddie Muller in the trailer. And I'm like, cool. But yeah, no, everything's on here. So we're going to check that out yeah, <laughs> right after go, this. I'm going to go look at that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see, we, we do a good job, folks. And why don't you tell us what a good job we do uh, <laughs> by... <laughs> Dan, what's the email? Let's start with that. That's the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. Oh, perfect. What a what a pro. How about uh Twitter? Twitter is the is out of the cast. Yeah, that is, isn't it? Yeah. That's cast with a C. Yes. <laughs> like what? cast ca- cast a deadly spell. Ooh, beautiful. I'd watch that. I would too. That's that's a better movie. Uh, <laughs> that that's that's your movie. You can throw it at any time. To be fair, that's a better movie than most. Did I say I watched uh, Highlander too? Speaking of Clancy Brown, no, no, no. I haven't yeah. watched that in years. It's fantastic. There is a yeah. 4K about to come that was Ooh, just announced. Um, I did see that, and yeah. I I still knew this, and I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I'm double dipping. It was on <laughs> HBO Max. So I streamed it, and yeah, I'll, I'll buy Highlander. I love Highlander. I did see that's on hbo max and i thought about it and i ended up not watching it but i have i might have to go back now and watch it um, it's I been re- a long time i request that you do it's time yeah i think so too shout out to clancy brown if you can get us in touch with clancy brown message us on instagram how would you do that dan what's the what's our handle that would be out of the podcast that's a 10-4 good buddy hey since i'm on cb i got i got this bluetooth cb radio that has a i can listen to podcasts on it what do you suggest as an app dan uh anywhere where you stream your podcast wow that's pretty good spotify you know apple can i leave rate and review on apple 
you could absolutely do that. Wow. Well, I'm, me and my trucker pals, I'm going to get a whole convoy of uh, reviews on this one. Like Chris, Chris Doverson. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> could easily do a trucker podcast as well, Dan. Oh, oh yeah. So, so many good, good. Oh ones. yeah. <laughs> breaker, breaker. You know, you got Smokey and the band is yeah. one of my all time favorites. I, that's a movie I watch anytime it's on. I, I think what would probably be a better, a, a better, maybe wider net is vehicle centric movies like okay. where like the, like the main focus because you can get into like anything from like vanishing point to you know uh yeah but then by that point i'm committed to doing a whole podcast whereas i could do a nice little mini series that's true that's true otherwise i have to quit this show dan so what do you want yeah i don't want that i mean um, you're coming with me don't get me wrong but oh okay <laughs> you want to talk film noir and trucker movies i think film noir I, as much as i like tr- trucker movies i i think i like film noir a little more We'll check in next year, but so far so good. Yeah. Um, I think I'm that's all. Tired this- of it yet? <laughs> I get tired of this episode. Uh, not really. I mean, but I'm tired. For an unrelated note, this episode's great. I think that's all we have, though, as far as ways to tell us how great this episode was. So that's it. That's everybody. Thanks for screaming with us. Thanks for waking up. Back to back to sleep, everyone. Mm-hmm. Put away your computers at the office and go to the bathroom and take a nap. Doesn't sound very pleasant, but even if you work remote like Dan and I, you know, we're going to go into our restroom and just take a nap, <laughs> even though we got perfectly good beds waiting for us. Hey, Dan. Yes. But why don't we why don't we lift our poison chalices and say, hey, here's the crime, huh? Here's the crime. Ridding. The dings of crime.